You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking White Sox baseball today on this Friday, October 20th with Scott Merkin, our White Sox reporter for MLB.com. Scott, we thank you for the time and uh, something kind of fun today, something that always interests me at the end of every uh, baseball regular season. I like to look back and see just how much turnover there is within a, a starting rotation between opening day and the end of the regular season. You know, some teams are blessed with good health and there's not a lot of uh, turnover the White Sox, though, between uh, big-time trades, between injuries and guys getting promoted, they had a lot of turnover during the 2017 season. So I guess from you, just kind of you know break it all down. Tell us what this staff looked like heading into opening day and just how different it looked by the end of uh, Game 162. Well, you know, going into opening day, you had two key misses from the year before, and that was Chris Sale, who had been traded to Boston at the winter meetings for – you know, a package that include Michael Kopech and Yohan Moncada. Moncada becoming the team's uh, everyday second baseman midway through the year. And then Kopech very likely to be part of that team at some point, probably not at the outset of 18, but at some point during 18. And then you were missing Carlos Rodan, who I believe at that point had the left shoulder bursitis and, you know, was gone basically for the first three months of the season until he, I believe he debuted on June 28th. So there were two key guys in the past. You still had, the always consistent, always excellent Jose Quintana at the top of the rotation. You had James Shields back. You had Miguel Gonzalez in there. You had Derek Holland, who, you know, was kind of a a veteran who they were taking a chance on to see if he could bounce back and find something this year and, you know, possibly even move him or see where how he fit as it went forward. So, yeah, it was the biggest two that I think to look at from that rotation were one who was there and one who wasn't there, and that's Jose Quintana. And then Carlos Rodon and Quintana, of course, was traded to the Cubs in a very rare, uh, a rare Cubs-Sox trade and even rare, even more rare, rarer, whichever one works there, um, of impact, you know, where Quintana goes to the Cubs and helps them win the division for the second straight time and make the playoffs for the third straight year. And Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease, as part of a four-package deal, go to the Sox, and, you know, they're very high on both their futures. So Rodon came back and then, of course, was shut down early and had shoulder surgery. But those are the two guys who I think they were focused on, Quintana more so for the trade and Rodon more so as to how he was eventually going to fit at the top of the rotation for this rebuild. Yeah, I mean, for so many years we saw, you know, Chris Sale and Jose Quintana, the two dynamic right. lefties at the top of that rotation. Uh, tough to see them go, but the, the rebuild in, uh, in full gear – and to see the guys that they got back in those two trades, I mean, this is a big reason why White Sox fans are very hopeful for the future. If that doesn't materialize right away in 2018, it will at uh, some point down the road. So, Scott, I want to kind of take these young guys and really, you know, break down their performances individually, uh, beginning with Carlos Rodon. In 2016, he made uh, 28 starts, and the number is uh, decent, a 4.04 ERA. Uh, pretty good strikeout rate, more than uh, one batter per inning, which he did again in 2017, uh, 76 Ks through 69 and a third. And again, he did battle the health issues, only a dozen starts this year as opposed to 28 uh, the year before. From what you saw of Rodon, even given uh, the health issues, you know how did he look to you when he came back? And is there any reason not to think he won't be at full health for 2018 moving forward? 
Well, I mean, Rhode Island has a chance to be elite. There's no question about that. We've seen that, you know, both his first two full years, well, I guess 15 wasn't quite a full year, but 15 and 16, he had great finishes, you know, where he put together an 11, you know, start stretch where he had an ERA right around two. And he had that a little bit this year too, where I believe he had like 48 strikeouts in 35 innings. The problem with him this year was just the health. And it was a, it was a weird thing because there wasn't a lot of information going on when he was down in Arizona kind of working, you know, the, the Sox kind of, played that close to the vest and we finally the, the Sox were in a series in Arizona and he talked then and was great and told us you know what he was going through what he was doing and then of course he had the shoulder soreness that had him scratch the day of a start against Cleveland where Mike Pelfrey had to go in and eventually had arthroscopic surgery you know we know it could be the beginning of the year that he could be back just as a guess I would say that's not going to happen you know it could be as much as two two or two and a half months into the season <clears throat> excuse me so we'll just see how the rehab goes. I think they won't really know until Carlos starts getting into the full rehab. And I'd imagine there, there's not going to be a lot of weekly updates on Carlos is doing this and Carlos is doing that. You know, they're going to let him kind of go and see what he can do. And if anything, a couple people have actually said this to me in a strange way. If he had to go through something like this, you're almost thankful that he's going through it now when the team is not set on contending. So he'll be fully healthy ready to go by, you know, at the la- – I mean, he'll be ready to go at 18, but really ready to go at the top of the rotation in 2019 when the team is ready to contend. And I had my timeline backwards. He made the dozen starts uh, before getting hurt, not after, so that, that's my mistake. But like well, no, you he, said I – mean, he, he, was, he was hurt at the beginning of the year. And okay. made, you're, you're right, and made the starts after he came back. And then had his season end short. So you were, you were right on the money. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah he, ended up, yeah, he ended up missing the last, you know, few weeks because of the shoulder problem again which eventually led to arthroscopic surgery in that area. I take back my mea culpa then. So, uh, Carlos <laughs> Rotan, yeah, battling the health issues. Hopefully he gets back to full health, and uh, we'll see, like you said, that the stuff is there and the potential to be elite is there. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll see if he puts it together in 2018. Another of the uh, many young guys I want to focus on, uh, Lucas Giolito. When speaking of big-time trades, he came to the White Sox in another big marquee trade, sending uh, Adam Eaton to the Washington Nationals. And unfortunately for Eaton, that didn't work out for him or the team with that season-ending injury so early in the season. A big loss uh, for the Nationals. But Giolito, uh, he looked good. Uh, He made seven starts in 2017 uh, when he was called up to the big club for good. Uh, A sub-three ERA. And I don't think this surprises anybody because, uh, you know, the expectations for him as a national were off the charts. Really didn't translate to when he got called up to Washington, but it seems like uh, he figured some things out after getting sent back down to the minors, uh, getting his head back together. And when he came up came up to make his White Sox debut, he really showed what uh, all the fuss was about. Yeah, you know, Adam Eaton is a, a great player, top of the notch, top, top of the game, top notch, leadoff hitter, a gold glove outfielder. But the Sox, in trading him, you know, got two-fifths of their rotation for next year in Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez, and maybe another one in the future in Dane Dunning, who's he had a great year in the minor leagues. You know, Giolito, at one point I was talking to him after he came up, and he talked about kind of having a mental breakthrough this year at AAA Charlotte. You know, if you look at the numbers, he was not good at AAA Charlotte at the beginning of the year. I, I saw him pitch in Indianapolis when, you know, Charlotte was the closest they come to Chicago drove out there and, and saw him pitch, and he, he did not have a good game. And he was a little frustrated after that game. And I think eventually he stopped trying to be Lucas Giolito, the number one pitching prospect in baseball, and just was Lucas Giolito a good pitcher with good stuff and a good plan out there. And that's what you saw the rest of the year. So, you know, you know I'm always one who I, I don't think you can read a ton into, you know, Moncada not 
hitting great for a short period with the White Sox or Delmonico hitting very well for a short period. I mean, you can take good things out of it, but I don't think it says anything one way or the other about long-term effects. I think in, in Giolito's case, it was very important to see him come up and pitch so well and show that you know not only maybe is he going to be a serviceable starter for the White Sox, but could be a top-of-the-rotation type of guy. And I think the stuff was always there. I think they made a few mechanics tweaks you know, with Giolito, Steve McCaddy, the night pitching coach, working along with Don Cooper and Richard Dotson, the minor league pitching coordinator. But I think it really was just Giolito saying, let's just, let's just throw the ball. Let's just pitch. Let's go back to having fun with baseball. And that was the manifestation, a, a great run with the White Sox once he came up. Yeah, sometimes simplicity can be a beautiful thing, and that's what Lucas exactly. Giolito discovered uh, in 2017 to have that breakthrough, uh, making his White Sox debut. And again, the other guy, and I, and I hate to call him the other guy because Reynaldo Lopez had had some you know decent experience at the big league level with Washington you know, before that trade was made, and he and Giolito came over in the Eaton deal. But Lopez is a guy that, uh, even though Giolito's the marquee name in this, uh, a guy that should not be overlooked, obviously. No, he had a good run with the White Sox, too, this year. And, uh, you know, he had an interesting stretch going into, I think, his last start where he didn't strike out a lot of guys over, like, a four- or five-start stretch, but he was looking more for contact. You know, the, the opposing hitters knew he threw strikes and were kind of attacking him earlier in the count, and he actually liked that because it allowed him to stay deeper into the game. So, you know, he was impressive, too, and you can see he just, you know, for lack of a better word, it's, he has kind of electric stuff. You know, he's got a good arsenal, throws a fastball in the mid to higher 90s, and certainly will be part of the future. And it will be, I would say, almost certainly part of the White Sox rotation coming out of going into 2018, coming out of spring training. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. And uh, the last guy of that uh, quartet of the, of the youngsters that uh, so much hope is being pinned on is, of course, Carson Fulmer, a 2015 draft pick. Uh, and I think a, a lot of potential here as well, obviously, you know, uh, being a high draft pick from a marquee college program. And I think, too, that, uh, you know, he could join Rodon and Giolito and Lopez as a guy that could be a real linchpin of that rotation in the not-too-distant future. You know, Carson's a real good kid, a real low-key kind of kid, real upbeat. But I think it, it kind of got to him a little bit, you know, that he was a first-round pick and number eight overall when he was selected and wasn't in the major leagues, you know, and – Again, it takes time. You look at a guy like I was just writing about him when we, when you called the talk about Avi Garcia, who you know played in the major league, played in the World Series before he had, I think, 50 at bats in the big leagues. People expected he was going to be a star right away, and it took him until this year. It took him two or three years to get to that level. So once Carson Fulmer, I think, again, kind of eased up on himself a little bit and got that last chance to be a rotation, not the last chance, the last chance of the season to be in the rotation, he really took off from there. You know, he's. His ability is, is there. There's no question about it. I, I think the Sox were looking. It was kind of an on-the-job test to see going forward, is this gonna, guy going to be more of a rotation piece? Is he going to be more of a bullpen piece? And as of right now, I think it's, it's going to be rotation for Carson Fulmer. And, I, you know, they're barring some sort of move or, or you know, some sort of unfortunate injury or a change in direction and rotation, you know, they, they, have a pretty, they have a pretty well set starting five at least in – Giolito, Lopez, Fulmer, and Shields, and then whoever else they fill in until Carlos Rodon is ready. Well, one thing I want to add about Rodon is I think Rodon, the injury, kind of stressed the importance to him of, and this is something that all young pitchers and young players learn, is you know you can't just rely on your talent alone and putting in kind of that extra work. You know I don't think he had like a distinct plan at such an early stage in his career on what he had to do in between starts, in the offseason, so forth and so on. And this injury, I think, kind of, 
crystallize for him. It's only going to help him moving forward. Yeah, I mean, and that's a great point by you. It's it takes so much more than sheer talent. It takes health. And it takes patience, and and patience right. is something that especially young players don't have in abundance. Uh, you you learn to develop that, and that is a key component of development and of getting to where you want to get uh, at the big league level, no question there. Scott Merkin, a pleasure as always. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox.